and uh, <laughs> they would bring us, you know, playing at dive bars, people would bring us trays to the front of the stage because they could just walk right up there. And they'd, they'd set down a tray of five well, um, warm well whiskey shots, and you kind of have to take them or else you look like a jerk. And you don't want to look like a jerk in front of your fans. And, and, uh, <laughs> so my early 20s, I, I, I drank a lot of really bad whiskey. And, uh, the intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. We're officially kicking off Whiskey Weeks 2023, maybe a smidge early, but you know what? It seems fitting when we have a band called Whiskey Myers on the podcast. And while it may not be September yet, uh, when it's National Bourbon Heritage Month, I just felt like uh, having, having you guys on for Whiskey Weeks 2023. Please welcome in their drummer, Jeff Hogg. Uh, thank you all, man. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you, and for those that are, are watching and maybe listening, there's two of us that will be, be talking with Jeff, and, and those that watch Hops and Spirits will know this guy. He's co-host, part of Neat and Mix, Brandon Evans. Brandon, thanks for, for joining me for this. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't miss this one. <laughs> he, he may be a fan, if, if, you, if you can't figure out. And, and my wife wanted to be on as well. She co-hosts from time to time, but uh, she lost her voice uh, this week. So uh, she's listening in on the other uh, AirPod. <laughs> no, okay. my, my wife's going through a similar thing right now. She lost her voice about five days ago, and she's slowly getting it back. So. See, now you don't have to worry about that with what, what you do, do you? I mean, you, you can kind of, as long as you're you're able to move you're good to go yeah 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 i i just need to have my arms and my legs and and i'm good I, yeah <laughs> i could probably play my eyes closed at this point if i needed to but yeah <laughs> so are we going to put you to the test at one point and get you blindfolded see what happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I bet i could do it I, I did it when i was younger but uh, just playing in my room uh, to the drum set the cd player I haven't haven't done it on stage yet though so I was going to say, that sounds like a, a fun challenge. Now, I'm curious what everyone's drinking tonight. I was a mean co-host and friend to Brandon. While I am having, you know, little Uncle Chickens, I forgot to give him some of the bottles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, do you got anything good? I'm drinking on some uh, 1920 Prohibition Old Forester right now. There you go. There you go. Now, now Jeff, I think you got a sh- you got a show to do tonight, so you're you're behaving when, when we talk right now. But I'm guessing you enjoy a, a good drink every now and then. Yeah, I I tend to have my drinks after the show. Um, sometimes I'll have one, maybe towards the end, like when we have four or five songs left. I learned a long time ago that I am not very good. Uh, I think I'm fantastic in the moment, but then I'll hear a re- recording. If I've if I've been drinking, I'm like, oh, that's terrible. So I, I, I uh, yeah, I try to play as sober as possible nowadays. But after, yeah, I'll have a. Actually, we just got a couple more bottles of uh, Uncle Chickens because uh, we've been we've had a couple bottles on the bus, and anytime we'll have a guest, uh, we'll pour them a glass and let them try it. But we've been out for probably the last three days, three or four days. So we just got a bunch more tonight. So I'll have some tonight for sure. Now, are you a whiskey guy by trade, or beer, or tequila? What, what's your your normal go to? Um, whiskey, uh, yeah, mainly whiskey. Um, 
my favorite is a, an old fashioned, but it's a lot to to make on the road. So I, if I go to a bar, I'll order an old fashioned. But if I'm just drinking on the bus, it's usually just whiskey on the rocks, a um, little splash of water. But uh, it took a long time to come back around to whiskey because when we started the band, we were in our early twenties, and with the band name Whiskey Myers, people just assumed that you all love it. And uh, they would bring us, you know, playing at dive bars, people would bring us trays to the front of the stage because they could just walk right up there. And they'd they'd set down a tray of five well, um, warm well whiskey shots. And you kind of have to take them or else you look like a jerk. And you don't want to look like a jerk in front of your fans. (laughs) So my early 20s, I, I, I drank a lot of really bad whiskey. And uh, so it took me a while, but but now that I'm older, I've come back around and I appreciate bourbon and whiskey and everything. So now, when were you guys? Uh, when you it, it, what was really funny to John and I is because we've re- reviewed so many so many different bourbons and whiskeys on our show, neat and mixed, um, and of course we've done the you know the the. Eric Church stuff, and we've done um, some other artists that's come out with it, Alan Jackson. Um, but it was funny after we did one of our reviews, and I can't remember which one we did, but we both looked at each other and I said, "Yeah, you know, so we love Whiskey Myers. We love their music. It's one of our top favorite bands. It's only fitting that they should come out with their own whiskey." And it was like the next day, I think there was a press release came out <laughs> that you guys were coming out with. Uncle yeah. Chickens, and uh, so we were excited about that. But how involved were you guys with that? Um, you know, with with making, you know, uh, doing any kind of selections or tastings or picks or or any of that. Um, well, you know, what, how how much was you were y'all involved with all that? Um, our manager uh, had become friends with some of the guys at Bespoken, um, and you know, they're relatively new and. He had a couple of samples of of some of their uh, whiskeys that weren't out to the public yet. Public yet, um, and we got to sample what ended up being the one we picked, and and we all, as soon as we tried it, we said this that's the one. And um, and as far as we got to pick the name, which we we did it the way we do everything, which we everybody in the band came up with a few names and um, we kind of had a little vote and I personally I didn't get the name at first it was it was Cody's our lead singer it was his <laughs> idea. which the story goes back to um, it's a, a a friend of a family that we used to hang out with in Nacogdoches we used to um, go we would play in Nacogdoches Texas and the, the next day we would stay and hang out at this this family's house. It was the the pennies. And um, we always kept hearing these stories about this guy and everyone just referred to him as Uncle Chicken. And uh, I never met him. Cody, I think Cody and a couple of the other guys actually met him, but the name just stuck in Cody's head. He said, that sounds, that's a funny name. And uh, it would be funny to name it that. So we, we picked the name, um, we got to do you know, the designing of the label and the bottle and various things like that. 
Yeah. And the that's actually yeah, just doing a little show off for everyone watching. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually not the final what the final bottle will look like. It'll look a little more um, like textured on the label. The artwork will be the same, but it'll have more texture too. And then I have a couple other little leather pieces here and there. But you know, um, I guess it was uh, time constraints for certain materials. It was either going to be you know wait another year to get the final packaging done or just kind of get it out now and so it's like a test run i guess and the the final bottles will look a little a little different so. well I, I know brandon can attest to this but i I've, I've sampled i'm doing a little little, little day drinking as, as we we talk or early evening drinking we'll, we'll call and uh, i like it it's 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 good now now we'll see when we review it but i i think we'll, we're we're fans fans of it now is it also true that, like, obviously this is Uncle Chicken's. Did Whiskey Meyer's name come from, like, a fighting chicken or rooster, too? I swear I've heard that story somewhere. <laughs> we, we have told so many different stories about where the name... Because the, the real story of where the name came from is kind of boring. And we kind of just started making up stuff over the years. So I'm probably not going to tell you all the real story. So, uh, but yeah. Well, how would we know, right? <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, actually, that's true because we have told people the real thing before, and I think it's even on video somewhere, but no one knows what the real story is. So, yeah, it's either someone's uh, relative or if it's a fighting chicken or it's, uh, yeah, it's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I, I love that. I love how some of those names come up from, from bands because I feel like everyone has one. And most sometimes they're like, it was really boring. We were in a car, we saw a sign, and that's how it came, yeah. came to be. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, pretty much. Now, now, when you are out and about on the road, are are you a guy that likes to go find, like, fun places to eat? Are you a foodie? Are you a donut guy? What, what's your, your yeah. kind of thing, that like, your thing? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a pretty big foodie. Uh, we're in Boston, actually, right now. Um, We've been here for the last two days. We're playing tonight, and then we go on to Baltimore. But um, I haven't had any seafood. A lot of the other guys have been getting lobster pretty much every day. I think I might get some before we take off. Um, but, yeah, I always try to find local eateries or, you know, some places. Are, like If you go to Philly, I, I always try to find a good cheesesteak, but not not the touristy ones, the actual really good ones. And then... Uh, yeah, that's been my thing for the last, I don't know, six, seven years. Now that I don't drink a whole lot on the road, and I, so I don't really go out a whole lot when we have days off, but I try to find something to keep me entertained. So, food, donuts, yeah, I'm a big donut. That's my main vice. If I had to pick one, that, that's my main one. I like it. Same. Now, so so Duck Donuts, when you got to find one of those, that was like the sweet spot for you? Yeah, I, and that's another thing. I try not to do too many of the chains, but sometimes the chains are just good, like uh, Voodoo Donuts. I know, when I first had it, it was still just the one in Portland, but now they've branched out, and I think they have, you know, they have one in Austin now. I think they're building one in Dallas. Um, there's one in Orlando. So I go to some of the chain ones, like, but to me... Sometimes the chain doesn't reach Texas because that's where I live. So Duck Donuts, I didn't realize that was a chain, but I think I had it in Virginia 
last year maybe for the first time and those are really good all right and there's another place called hertz donuts which is a it's another small chain kind of similar to those but uh, i've had that in new orleans and i've had it in uh, lincoln nebraska so yeah i like it (laughs) (laughs) now i also think i I stumbled upon your social media the other night and you're also a car guy is that right i think you got a uh what a a camaro a few other nice rides that you've been able to either enjoy or, or have yeah i've always always been a car guy my um my dad is a big Mopar guy. My brother is a big Chevy guy. And I'm just kind of, I like anything that's cool. It doesn't have to be domestic. It could even be an import or something. I, I like just cool cars. And uh, I've got a couple. Uh, the Camaro's been a long project. I, uh, I bought that car January of last year. And I think it's, it's still not done yet. But it, it'll be done hopefully by the end of this year or the first of next year, and then I'll be able to drive it. I've got a 87 Chevrolet C10 that I just bought back in March. Um, and I've got a, uh, a GT350, a 2020 GT350. I just bought that a couple weeks ago. I have only been able to drive it twice in the last month that I've owned it. So I'm not home a lot. So quite the collection. Yeah, but that's the thing that's unfortunate is I'm not home a lot to enjoy them. So I'm starting to think about maybe getting rid of a couple because it's kind of a hassle to take care of six cars whenever you're only home for a few days a month. So you only get to drive one of them, and then the other ones sit in storage, and then the other ones uh, you got to get the registration done, but stuff like that. But How's the, what, what's the what's the wife say about about all all that? Is she into cars too? She's not into cars, but my wife is. Um, she's amazing. I'm gonna say that first, in case she ever listens to this. Um, smart man, smart, very smart man. <laughs> she is. That's amazing. what I was thinking. Smart man. <laughs> she um, she's not a car person, but she just likes what what I like. She likes for me to be happy with 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 what I like. So she'll pretend to be enthusiastic about a car or something or she'll see a car and point at it and be like hey look at that car you know but she herself is not a she's never really been a car person she'll actually it's funny because I, I had a white f-150 about three years ago i sold it or i traded it in on another white f-150 but it was a newer body style i had that truck for a week before she even noticed that it was a different truck because they're just white trucks <laughs> You know, it was just the same white four-door truck to her. She, she, uh, she didn't know the difference, but yeah, he's amazing. I, I like that. I was going to say an early congrats on what two years in October? Is that right? Yeah. October tenth. Thank you. Yeah. Um, congrats. Yeah, we. Uh, now, now. I'll go for it. Uh, I was going to say we've uh, we've been together for a long time. Um, but yeah, we've been married. Well, that was going to be my question. Um, how how long have you two actually dated? Because I've heard conflicting numbers depending on who you ask. <laughs> um, well, it's funny you ask her. It's a different it's a different time period than when I I say six to seven years before we got married. So we've been together for eight or nine. Um, about twenty fifteen, I think. Um, and she'll she'll tell you twenty fourteen. I'll tell you twenty fifteen. Yeah, um, but 
when we first were dating, I was on the road heavily. Like we, we've scaled back in the last three years, but I was on the road so much that even though we dated for a year, we might've been around each other for six months, you know? So it, it didn't, it sounds like we were dating for a long time before we got married, I guess in the grand scheme of things. But up until 2020, when we got shut down and we didn't, we, we, we couldn't go on the road. That was, that was the first time we had been around each other for a, a month straight for, you know, four years before that we had never been together for a month straight because I was always on the road. Um, so is that, that when you realized you two could coexist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we bought a house in 2019. Um, but same thing. It's like, I, I was there for a couple of days and I'd be gone. And, but then whenever 2020 rolled around, we were, we were around each other for a year. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's whenever I was, I realized, yeah, this, this will work. And, um, I, yeah, she's amazing. She's, we actually have a birthday two days apart, same year. Uh, so I'm two days older than her. So it's, it's, she's, uh, she's the perfect one for me. That's cool. Now, when you, when you do get the chance to be home, where, where do you, where, where is that? Where do you call home? Uh, currently I live in Royce city, Texas. It's uh 40 minutes east of Dallas. And even though that sounds kind of close to the big city of Dallas, it's still a really small town. It's, it's blowing up pretty quick. We've been out there for um, four years, and in the four years we've been there, it's 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 getting um, it's getting pretty developed and pretty populated. We're we're planning on trying to find some land back towards where our families live in East Texas, so um, the Tyler, Palestine, and Tyler areas. Um, okay. We're planning on looking for land next year. Maybe hopefully start building in the year or two after that. So. No, no. Are you going to be raising chickens, having goats, cattle, or are you going to keep it simple? <laughs> probably just, a, probably just a lot of dogs. If I had to guess, probably just a lot of dogs because she, that's she loves dogs. Couple schnauzers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got two right now, and I'm sure she'll want a couple more. I'm fine with that. I, I like dogs. So, uh, that, that chickens. We we had chickens when I was younger. Uh, I don't think I could do that again. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it was kind of a, uh, it's kind of a rough time. We we have a friend. We have a really good friend that's got some chickens, and I don't know how they do it. No, yeah, we had we had we get the eggs, but that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. So you could go into the whiskey Myers egg 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 business, maybe. Uh, (laughs) That that could be a possibility. Yeah, I might need to keep that in my back pocket. That's a that's a good retirement plan right there. No joke. See, see. Now, <laughs> now, obviously, you know, you're, you're a drummer. Whiskey Myers is, is, is doing well. You guys have been at this for a while. Did you always grow up on music? Like, was music something you loved and wanted to play and things like that? Music was always something that I liked, but I never really thought about playing any music until about the sixth, sixth or seventh grade. I, in sixth grade, you know, they do beginning band, and um, my who ended up being my brother-in-law at the time it was my my sister's boyfriend he played um he was in the high school drum line and i thought it was so cool i was like drums drums were the only thing that really interested me um as far as music uh musical instruments were concerned um but then in sixth grade you take this 
they, they do a test basically to see what instrument you're best suited for um, depending on various things and the um, the band director wanted me to play tuba because he said I had good I guess you to be able to blow through the mouthpiece you, you, you have to have these certain shaped lips and he said my lips were perfect for tuba and I said I am not playing tuba no offense to anybody out there that plays tuba because I think it's an <laughs> instrument but I had my heart set on drums so I told him I'm, I'm playing drum so sixth grade yeah I, I started on snare drum and then seventh grade maybe between seventh and eighth grade my parents bought me my first drum kit and uh, ba that's basically how I learned how to play the drum set was I would just kind of listen to songs and uh, or I'd play to the CD player I'd turn the CD player up as loud as it would go just so I could hear it over the drums and then I'd I would play for hours and my parents I, I owe everything to my parents because they never once complained about the noise my room was directly uh, back to their bedroom so I know it had to have been loud um, but I, you know I, I would I would stop around yeah. 10 at the latest I, I wouldn't go crazy late so but I would play for hours just put a CD in and just, and just play and that's how I learned how to play now, now, what kind of music did you did you grow up on? Like, you know, what was that type of music that you would put on and just play for hours and practice and all that good stuff? Um, well, my parents were pretty good influences as far as the classics, you know, like Zeppelin and, and ACDC and um, Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that. But whenever I started to play the drums, I was uh, it was late '90s, early 2000s, and my brother. I have an older brother um, who's four years older than me and he was listening to a lot of like grunge and some heavy metal and stuff like that even though I could never I could never play the bass drum requirements for heavy metal music but um, I would play stuff like uh, Nirvana uh, I would play a lot of stuff like that the, the grunge scene and some metal bands but but then as I got older, I started to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit as far as what I, what I would try to play to. Now, when did it become more than like, you know, obviously you said you, weren't, you never really grew up thinking music would be something. Like when did, you, when did you get into like bands and things like that? Like was that something that came naturally or was that like someone was like, hey, I need a drummer, you drum, let's do this? Well, so the band members that are – that are original members in this band are all we're all from the same area and it's not a very big area so not too many uh, other drummers were around I actually only knew of two or maybe three other drummers and there weren't a whole lot of guitar players either so it's, it, if you played an instrument you knew uh, you knew the other people but you were in a none band of us had ever, <laughs> well, no, no none of us had ever, ever been in a band before this is everyone we all tried it at the same time and uh, so we all learned everything at the same time and we all kind of that's a, a, another thing that I really appreciate is that sometimes whenever musicians get in arguments if there's one guy and, and a bunch of hired musicians he'll the one guy will fire the other guys but we all were a, an actual band so we've we'll have arguments we we haven't had one in a long time it's been <laughs> when we were younger we used to have frequently but we would have an argument and then instead of someone 
getting their feelings hurt and then firing somebody. We would just figure it out. We would figure it out, fix it, and then resolve whatever the issue was, and then go on. And then we would, you know, continue to play. And I don't know. It's it's, it's different when you go through it like that versus you know, if you're just a hired hand. Now, how did the 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 group that is today Whiskey Myers get formed? Was it just slowly but surely you all kind of came together, had some success at some gigs, and things just slowly built? Yeah, there's there's still four of us that are original. The only person that isn't original was our bass player Gary, and he's actually our lead singer's cousin, um, and he played with us for ten years. So whenever I whenever I talk about Gary, I, I make sure to tell people that he didn't quit. Cause quit makes it sound like you, you don't put in the work. He put in a, he put in ten years. I, I tell people that he retired from the road, um, because it was never really his thing. He didn't like being on the road, and he had a he was the first one that was married, and he had a kid at home. So when when it came to a point where where he needed to not be on the road anymore, he stopped playing, and then Jamie, who is our bass player now. Um, he's been with us since I think 2016 is whenever Gary retired um, and then so Jamie's been the only other bass player we've ever had and we knew him from an, from a band um, John David Kent um, we knew them from our days running around just doing Texas gigs and Tony our percussion and keyboard player he was in Jamie's band so it's been pretty much the same four members plus two members of another band so it, I mean, it just it feels like we've known each other forever well i mean that that's that's an awesome thing because i feel like that doesn't <laughs> uh happen uh too often and obviously like you said you guys have been at this for what 17 18 20 years now what's 16. that journey been like because people see like the success 16 so they see the success you're having now but they forget that you've been doing it for a while oh yeah yeah a lot of people <laughs> tend to forget like yeah we we would play gigs where there was four people showed up we played amarillo one time and there was four people there i think it was two couples so it was like it was a double date or something like that um but it it's been long and it's been um a lot of work but I feel like it's worth it more and you appreciate it more versus if you have instant success, I feel like those, those people don't appreciate it and kind of waste it. So I'm, I'm very thankful for being where we're at and, and it took 16 years to get here, but we're still going and we're still, and the venues are getting bigger and the crowds are still getting bigger. So that's awesome. Now to, to add to that, to piggyback off of that, when was the moment that you guys knew that, all right, we're we're a big we're a big damn deal now? Like, when was do you remember that moment, or was there a, a moment where we're like, all right, guys, we're we're a pretty big deal now? There wasn't an instant moment, and I still, as far as myself personally, I try to keep myself as level-headed and, and you know down to earth as possible because I feel like. And, and ego is a big killer like it can it can ruin bands so um 
the, uh, but I do feel like the band is a big deal. I feel like myself, I'm just a guy that got lucky playing the drums. So I'm, I'm, I try to keep it that way. But, um, but there was no instant, there was no moment where I thought, oh, wow, we are a big deal. I mean, maybe, maybe playing Red Rocks, but, or maybe the Stones show. But again, that's just, I feel like we were lucky and fortunate more than a big deal, if that makes sense. Right. Now, I've got a, a tough question for, for, for y'all. You got to be on Yellowstone. You got to actually, I believe, perform on, on one of the episodes and things like that. But did you guys ever get to meet Kevin Costner? <laughs> we did not. No. Um, ah. Yeah, I know. That's that's. We were pretty bummed about that too, because we we you know we didn't know. We thought there would be a chance that we would get to meet him when we when we agreed to do the the shoot, but he wasn't in the scene that we were in, so there was no reason for him to be there. But we, you know we don't film TV shows, so we don't we didn't know that. We thought oh maybe he'll be there hanging out. No, he was probably on his <laughs> ranch somewhere. Um, and the whole the whole Yellowstone deal that was pretty interesting because. I try to remind people when they, there are some people that say we only blew up because of Yellowstone, but when we signed on, when we agreed to do Yellowstone, there wasn't, there was no episode, nothing, nothing had been released. So we didn't know. We, all we knew was Kevin Costner's name was attached to it. So we thought it might be good, but there's no guarantee that it was going to be good. And we definitely didn't know it was going to be as big as it ended up being. So we took a chance. We, we, uh, we shot that outside of Salt Lake City. I can't remember the exact name of the town. I think it was... No, actually, I'm not, I'm not going to say the name because I'll probably say the wrong name. So, But it was outside of Salt Lake City. And, you know, we it, we were in the middle of touring. We we flew to Salt Lake and, and did that on a Monday, I think. And then we had to fly home and then go back on the road. So, I mean, we took a chance doing that. And then it ended up being beneficial but there's people now that they'll write songs just for the sole reason of pitching it to Yellowstone. So um, that that has definitely been a big factor in and where we're at right now. But we didn't do anything different other than just play our music. You know, it's just it ended up being on a bigger audience. But my, my wife chimed in. She she remembers you well before then. She she's she's been a big fan for a long time. That wasn't that was just an extra bonus when she watched Yellowstone. <laughs> well, Taylor, I said thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and and obviously, you guys have had. I mean, you've had great songs well before then. After then, you got a new album out right now, uh, Tor- Tornillo. How did that one come about? And and um, what's it been like being able to to release that and share that with everyone? Uh, Tornillo is actually the name of the town that the uh, recording studio is in that we've recorded uh, the, actually the last two albums um, the self, self-titled self album uh, we call it the White Album and then the uh, Tornillo album were done at Sonic Ranch in, in the middle of nowhere West Texas on a uh, pecan tree farm um, it's, it's one of the coolest recording studios I've ever been to but it's, it's just got a it's got this vibe to it that's it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no distractions there's 
mean, they have TV out there if you wanted to watch TV, but there, there's no distractions as far as interacting with anything other than the, the studio. So, I mean, they have, um, they have cooks out there. They make you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's lodging out there, so you stay there on the premises. And after a while, you just kind of feel like you're part of that area. You feel like you're from Torpedo. And um, it's been fun playing a lot of those songs. Um, a lot of our stuff is different from one song to the other. It's like we don't have a distinct sound. Like we don't have a one type of sound. So it's it's always interesting to play a song that's more rock and then, then follow it up with a song that's a little more on the countryside and then follow it up with a song that's on the blues side. So it's just, there's no defined you know, sound that we go by. Now, with that, do you, how, how is the recording process for you guys? Like the, you know, do you have any, um, you all just kind of bounce off each other with ideas or, you know, or, you know, the songwriting process and all that good stuff? Yeah. Uh, so Cody writes the majority of the songs. John writes some, um, Cody Tate has written a few. Um, they haven't really collaborated with, with writers in a while, but they have in the past. Uh, I know Cody, he, he likes to just write for himself um, and not, I mean, he'll collaborate every now and then, but he likes to just write stuff on his own. Um, but he'll, you know, he'll come up with a melody or a, a guitar part for a song and the lyrics and then he'll bring it he'll record it have it recorded and bring it to us and then from there we, we that's when the rest of us kind of put our own spin on things like I'll I'll come up with the drum part that I feel like matches the the part that he's playing on the guitar and then John and Cody Tate um, they'll figure out the rhythm and lead guitar parts and we we, we collaborate as as far as our our own instruments and, and sometimes we'll, someone will say to me hey try this on the drums or I'll, or I'll say hey try this on the guitar and see what this sounds like it, it's a very very much a group effort when it comes to us making music and um, that's another thing that I love about being here it's just it's not one person in charge that says hey do it this way this is how I want it done it's it's a group effort that's really cool and I'm always curious because I always talk to folks that are songwriters so I was curious to see how you got to add your part because I never get to ask that <laughs> that question very often and it's kind of neat to see that you just kind of have your, your idea behind the song and, and it just kind of builds from there yeah and uh, a lot of people don't realize I mean some drum beats they, they all sound the same but a drum beat can you, you play one beat on one song and then someone else plays their interpretation of what they think the drum beat should be, and it sounds like a completely different song just by changing what the drums are doing. So, and obviously, you guys have been able to go out on tour. You guys are headlining, like you said. You got the, the venues are getting bigger, uh, the crowds are getting bigger. What's that been like for for y'all to kind of grow from, say, a smaller a thousand seat standing room only place to arenas around around the the world? Man, it's it's been really fun. It's the last two years is when we really started doing arenas, um, and I never, honestly, never thought we'd get to this level. I was always going to be satisfied with playing like House of Blues level theaters, 
like your thousand fifteen hundred cap venues, which I still like those places. Um, I never never really thought we'd get to arenas, but we started it last year and it's been great. And now we're doing this summer. We'll, we're doing a lot of amphitheaters, outdoor shows, which we've been lucky so far as weather's concerned. Um, uh, but yeah, it's this. I think tonight this is a five thousand cap venue and it's almost sold out in Boston, and it still blows my mind. <laughs> That's cool. Now, what you know for for the band and yourself personally, what is your all some of your all's favorite songs to play? So, um, my current favorite might be John Wayne just because that that drum beat it's it's very different than any of the other songs that I played. That's another instance of, of, of me saying like a drum beat can make one song sound different and that song I, I call it my disco beat. It sounds like if you take the guitar parts out and just play the drums, it sounds very much like a disco beat and it's kind of I don't know, it's just different. So it it, it makes it a, a little change of pace for me uh, but there's a couple other songs that I really like playing I like Glitter and Gold we have a really cool outro that we've been doing on that and, uh, <laughs> my wife walked by and went and just shook her head Glitter and Gold like absolutely <laughs> that is one of her her, her, her favorites uh, I, I love, <laughs> I love that because it's always interesting too because like for you you get to probably show off more things on certain songs too right yeah, uh, and and sometimes I'll come up with a, a feel that I wish I had thought of when we were in the studio, but the studio process goes by so fast that I really have time, just enough time to learn the song and then track it. And then, you know, maybe a year later after we've been playing it live for a couple of months, I'll come up with a feel, I'm like, man, I wish I could have done that on the record. But then I'll start doing it live and uh, just kind of changes it up too. Uh, 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 that that's awesome, and and you know as you guys get to to move around and do things, I know you guys have come through Kentucky. You did Railbird uh, this summer in Lexington. You did Owensboro. Obviously, Bespoken's coming to Lexington. Are you guys just randomly going to show up every now and then? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Randomly, I mean, maybe randomly to everyone else. I'm sure it'll be scheduled. I mean, there's so many people we have to schedule out now. Like as far as band members go, we have to prove it um but yeah it would be nice to, to head out there and, and and check it out uh actually since you mentioned railbird i think that might have been the hottest show that we played all year that was that was so hot and the sun we played five or six in the afternoon something like that and the sun was right in our face and i was just drenched in sweat but hopefully when we come back to kentucky it won't be that hot the, the humidity yeah, we've, at the time yeah. <laughs> we, we we were too. <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> Thankfully, they had water stations and we could stay uh, stay hydrated. Um, now, you, you mentioned Red Rocks. You know, obviously that was like one of your bucket list ones. How cool was it to check one of those off? Red Rocks was. It still is. I was going to say it, it was special, but it still is special to me because that was the venue, that was the number one. That was the pinnacle venue for me to play. And uh, I had never been to a concert there. I didn't want to go to a concert there. I didn't want to see the place until it was time for us to play it. 
And then we also decided a long time ago that we didn't want to play unless we were headlining it. So it took a long time to get there. It took 15 years to get there, but actually being able to play at Red Rocks to a sold out crowd, uh, it's just, it's a magical place. I don't know if y'all have ever been there or, or you plan on going, but I highly recommend it. I, I would I would love to now with with you guys being on tour you got a couple different groups that that kind of get to play play and open up for you one of them's a friend of the show uh, Matt Cozell uh, had him on oh, yeah. he was a, a blast to talk to um, how do, you know you've had Drayton Farley Brent Cobb 49 Winchester how do you guys pick or find out who's going to go on tour with you and perform with y'all because I, I feel like it's a hell of a group of, of performers yeah it's funny you mentioned Matt because he's actually sound checking right now, so I can hear him in my right ear. <laughs> I'm, I'm not very far from the stage. Um, a lot of those guys, uh, management will, will bring to us, and then they'll play some of our some of their music for us. And if, you know, if we dig it, we'll say yeah, let's put them on some put them on a run. And Matt's been on a lot of shows this year. He's been with us maybe since April. You know, I mean, a few shows here or there he won't be able to be on, but. He's been with us for a while. You know, 49 Winchester's on with us tonight, too. We did a bunch of shows last year with them. Um, and then Brent, you know, Brent and Cody used to write song, used to write together about, you know, 10 years ago. I don't, I don't know if they've written in a while, but we, we've known Brent for so long. Before he was even performing, you know, he was just writing back then. And, um, and then that's how we met Dave Cobb. Brent's cousin, and we recorded with Dave twice. And um, so, so some of those connections are organically, as far as like meeting other bands out on the road, and you just like their music. And then sometimes it's brought to you by uh, a management or a booking agent, and uh, and they suggest it, and then it, and it fits. So. Now, what what's on the horizon? Like what uh, us as huge fans? Because I know for myself, and I know that John and his wife Emily. You know, nine times out of ten, when I walk in the house after work, I'm telling Alexa to play Whiskey Myers, and they just <laughs> roll through the whole. You know, every song that they can that that's on the the platform can play, and I'm good with it. Um, so. You know, us as big fans, obviously, what what can we expect on Horizon? Y'all got anything, you know, you know, big coming up or, you know, whatever it may be, shows, albums, just anything? Uh, well, the plan right now is to just keep playing shows. Um, we want to go record. I don't think we're ready to record yet. And that's such a long process. And, and people don't, a lot of people don't realize, imagine. like, it takes so long to put out a record. And, uh the Torneo album, we recorded majority of that in January of 21, and it didn't come out until June of last year. So it's a long process, but um, the plan is to go back to the studio at some point when when songs have been written, and and, and we I think we might move to a different studio just to kind of change it up, but I'm not sure which studio it would be yet. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but we are planning on doing a run of acoustic full band shows, which we've never, I think we've done Ooh. one or two at a, 
and shows here and there, but we've never toured it before. So I think we're, oh, I know we're going to do it. We just don't know if we're allowed to announce that yet. So. Yeah. Well, if it's anywhere within the vicinity of the state of Kentucky, I will be at one of those. <laughs> there, there is one. I'll, I'll make sure you y'all get a, a heads up first. Oh, that'd be there. We go. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, we we we, we like that, and and, and uh, we we also are enjoying some of the the uncle chicken. At least I am, Brandon. I'll let you have some here uh, next time I see you once you get back from your trip. <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't be selfish. <laughs> well, Jeff, man, this has been a, a. Yeah, there you go. There you go, Brandon. You can get your own bottle. Hey, that would be that would be amazing. <laughs> If I, well, your, Jeff, if, I get, if I get your signature on it too, that way I can just make fun of John and be like, "Hey, like, yeah, my wife might be mad at that one." <laughs> I'll see what we can do. Hey, she got Thomas Red on one, so I think we're okay. <laughs> so, but, but Jeff, man, this has been a, a blast. Thanks for talking whiskey, Myers, some whiskey with us, and, and just having a good time. Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on and. Uh, Appreciate everything, man. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.